Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day. Good afternoon. I'm Justin Bull filling in for Aaron Allen, and this is The Rundown. This week, we're bringing you some character studies from WBEZ's sister station, Vocalo, all about people who are building communities here in Chicago. The other day, we heard from Christopher Lamarck. He started an organization that makes therapy more accessible for black residents in Chicago. And today, we're going to introduce you to Hawk Tran. He's the co-founder of Habayo. What Tran's trying to do is combat gentrification and maintain Chicago's cultural enclaves, particularly for the Southeast Asian diaspora in the Uptown neighborhood. He's doing that by promoting the community's creative culture, but also by working with elected officials and supporting businesses. He explains exactly how, as part of Vocalo's series, Shy Sounds Like. My name is Hak Tran. I'm the co-founder of Haiba Yo and a community leader in the Asian Argyle community. And this is what Chicago sounds like. It started as a creative initiative to highlight and amplify the Southeast Asian diaspora culture, creative culture like art, music, food. We've grown significantly over, over the last few years, and now we're an LLC. I've been part of this community my entire life. My parents came here in 75 uh, after the Vietnam War. And I also work at the Uptown Chamber of Commerce as a cultural specialist ambassador for this area. Honored to be able to actually represent this community now as a community leader through different facets of my work. I'm born in Chicago, raised in the Burbs, been living here for the last 20 plus years. I currently live in Portage Park. It feels like old Chicago in many ways, but it feels like Chicago, like in the 90s, this energy and this camaraderie of people that kind of coexist and, and live together. I really would have loved to live in Uptown, but it's quite gentrified. The reason why I moved over there was like, you know, it's affordable. It's diverse and not too far from where, you know, like a lot of my work in the Southeast Asian community here is on Argyle Street. I had studied abroad in Vietnam, in Eastern Europe, in Hungary, in Budapest. After college, I moved to Vietnam and I worked in nonprofit, non-governmental organizations throughout the, the country, working with uh, youth development, mitigation of like flooding for folks within the countryside, education-based organizations. What brought me back here was actually to study uh, Masters of Urban Planning and Interna- International Development. But during that time, there was a kind of a pivot where I was working on Argyle, and a lot of my focus and my energies pivoted towards you know, the community that raised me in this city. It was at a critical juncture, especially with a lot of development projects. Argyle, that I knew, it could potentially change. It could either be a full displacement or if there's people that come back and work with the community, work with business owners, and come together to represent and amplify the the community that's been here for 40 plus years, we could uh, preserve the culture. So that was kind of really uh, my research, my work pivoted towards that focus. Asian Argyle is a lot of uh, Chinese folk, Chinese folk from Vietnam, uh, and also Thai, Lao, Cambodian, Vietnamese people. So it is pretty diverse. But over the last 20 years, 30 years, there's been a lot of displacement of that community who live here. It is still kind of the hub commercially and organizationally for this diaspora. But a lot of people have moved away because it's more affordable. But still, there is that kind of identity culturally, and it is still kind of a a hub for people to come shop, 
eat and get services and things like that. A lot of legacy businesses closed over the years because of succession issues or, you know, the pandemic really impacted them negatively. So there's been like eight to nine closures in the last three years. And thinking about like how do we kind of carry on that cultural legacy of our parents, that's how kind of High by Yo started. At first, we, we actually just had a space. My friend and co-founder of High by Yo, uh, Jennifer Nookie Fab, she also owns the first Vietnamese business on Argyle. It's the pharmacy. It's called Mini TX Pharmacy. We noticed there wasn't much of a creative space for second and third generation Asian American people. Um, so we just kind of created this like pop-up platform that started as an underground party. We did that like once a month, and, and that's how we started. And during the pandemic, we kind of pivoted towards more focus on businesses and also the community and how we can have these kind of community drives of food. Since then, we got a 501c3, got grants and, and put on festivals. What really, I think, took off was last year during May, one of our friends and community members, she's the owner of QIDEA's plant shop, Ellen Young. In response to kind of the anti-Asian hate that occurred, we really wanted to kind of create not like a vigil, but protest in the in, in a way that was joyful. So we did like this Argyle Activation Walk, which highlighted longtime businesses. We brought in like young Asian American artists and performers. We probably brought in like thousands of people to the neighborhood. And like from there, we just kept growing and growing and growing. And now uh, we're trying to find space to, to have like a physical home for us. Uptown has always been a port of entry for many different people. There's a lot of Appalachian white folk, black folk from the South. There was a large native population that called Uptown home. Japanese people after World War II at internment came here and called it home. So there's always, it's always been this kind of mosaic of folks that call this area home. Argyle specifically, I think in the late 60s, there was a Tong called Hip Sing Organization, which is still here in Argyle today. They had to leave Chinatown on the south side. So they wanted to create a North Chinatown. And that was like right before the end of the Vietnam War. So like in the late 60s, early 70s, it, it was established as a, a North Chinatown. And in 1975, with the end of the Vietnam War, there was a huge influx of refugees from Laos, Cambodia, Vietnam that came here. This area used to be way more bustling, like tons of like, you know, people in the diaspora here every, every weekend, even during the week. Those memories of being part of your community, frequenting the businesses. I remember there's a, there's a restaurant that's still here today. If y'all haven't eaten it, it's called Double Happiness. It's like a tiny noodle shop. And it's been here for like 40 plus years. And it looks exactly the same. Like the menu is like, it's photocopied from the original. And then like they cross it out and up the price. But it's still the original menu from like 40 years ago. And I still remember, you know, just eating there with my parents, my childhood friends, my parents' friends. And just like such an impactful thing or life-changing thing. Those like small memories really, especially impacted me when I came back from Vietnam and, and really kind of influenced me to stay here because it's like those, those memories, if, if those places vanish, and a lot of places have closed and those memories fade. And it's, and it's like, how do we kind of maintain those memories, contribute to this area and create new memories with other folk and, and folk that have built this community. So I think that was really instrumental in terms of like why I wanted to, you know, stay in Chicago, help my community here in Asia Nargo. We got another grant uh, through the city of Chicago, the Together We Heal Creative Placekeeping Grant. So a lot of the project and programming is not really focused on events, but it's more about cultural placekeeping through food 
oral history telling film, botanics and spirituality, as well as like Eastern medicine and healing. That's forthcoming in the next year. We've already got a grant and a pretty good team of people that we're working with who are also from the community. Systems change could be beyond our generation after we all pass. What we can do now, I think, within the system of capitalism in, in terms of combating gentrification or sustaining cultural legacies, cultural enclaves, cultural communities, I think like we really want to create platforms and, and spaces for, of incubation. So thinking about strategically, how do we work with other burgeoning entrepreneurs in our diaspora to give them that platform to help them ultimately incubate their business, their creativity. Working with elected officials and working with community organizers, one, it's like a place of home, right? How do we have more affordable housing? How do we fight for more affordable housing for people who can't afford to be here? Fundamentally, gentrification is rooted in capitalism. And unless we think systemically about how do we offer an alternative to capitalism, a lot of this is going to be on repeat. This feature was produced by Ari Mejia for Vocalo Radio. We're going to play another Shy Sounds Like episode for you later this week. But for now, that's it for The Rundown. I'm Justin Bull. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow.